At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with triazicide insect killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on triazicide insect killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that has not been found on any flight manifestos at all recently. None. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Again, not, not on. No. None. None. You can you can comb with a fine-toothed comb. And you yeah. can look. You can peel back the layers of those documents. And I just got to say, not going to find us. Not there. We're not on there. And I think that makes us brave. I would never go on a plane. That's <laughs> just not true. I, I've, not seen true. You, I've seen I you. I've seen you. I would never on go on a plane to an island again. I went to one in Hawaii. You did. You got engaged. Different time. I did. That yeah. was cool. Anyway, thanks yeah. for joining. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Patrick. This is Ethan. Ethan and I have been podcasting together for seven years. We became friends on our very first episode. We didn't know each other until our first episode. We've been podcasting for seven years. We talk about Catholic living and we make jokes, most importantly. So thanks for joining us. We're happy you're here. Today, we're going to have a discussion about one of my favorite books of all time that I recently revisited, uh, The Canticle. Is it The Canticle? A Canticle. A Canticle for Leibowitz. I got to get my definite articles right or they're going to (laughs) come and shoot me in my sleep. The... (laughs) The grammar police, um, those no-knock warrants that the grammar police are able to use are very- They really catch it. They're deadly. A Canticle for Leibowitz, uh, one of my favorite books of all time. I revisited it recently, and uh, I want to talk about it uh, with my buddy Patrick, but- um, I'm excited, but first, can I, I know I know sometimes I make, sometimes I, I step on you and I tell the you story. You do. I yeah, tell but the I'm, story. But, but please- Take it away. Something something really crazy happened to us. Well, it wasn't really crazy. It was notable. And it happened to us within the last 24 hours. So uh, have you ever pulled... Do I need to check alarm? our bank account? No. Oh, okay. Have you ever Not pulled a fire crazy. alarm before? Have I ever pulled a fire alarm before? Yeah. Like, like... Yeah. Um... I've called 911, but I have not pulled the fire alarm in a building. Yeah, so that be too until last night at 3 a.m. What what happened? Yeah, so I, first of all, more to it than you might think. I did. It's really, did you just not, push in and you pull down. It's not that yeah, of a so complex I of a maneuver. I did not pull it down the entire way the first time. I pulled, went downstairs, halfway down, realized it was not going off, had to go back up and pull it. <laughs> So I you got all the way downstairs before you realize there's not an no, ear halfway, piercing halfway, halfway siren and sir, bells halfway, going off. Halfway. <laughs> I got halfway down because I thought there might be a delay. All right. Also, they don't uh, I was like, I was like, what about the liquid that you spray? Oh, that's probably you're like you're like Wiley Coyote. He like shoots a gun and it doesn't <laughs> go off. So he turns it around and looks down the barrel and then he blows his own head off. That's you, but with the fire alarm. Uh, but yeah, so my my wife and I were awoken uh, early uh, early this morning at two a.m. to our smoke detector going off. All right, okay. So smoke detector was going off. My first thought was this humidifier that Katie got me is way too good. So like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because there was like it was like hazy in the in the room. It was like white haze. Okay. Which Whoa. I learned is a sign of an electrical fire, by the way. Someone was black. toking that chief in your living room. Probably. <laughs> Someone was smoking 
Hydro. I don't know. I don't know any. Hydro. Terms. You don't hydro? smoke hydro. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no, you, you don't, man. Yeah, you do. Everyone, everyone knows every time we podcast that you went to Steubenville because of how you talk about <laughs> drugs. <laughs> they made us smell weed one time. Yeah. Did I tell you about that? It's yeah. No. You, no. Okay. So, so someone was smoking mad reefer in your living room and you yeah. went out to partake. And so uh, I, the, the alarm went off. And, you know, it wasn't like my smoke detector's gone off when cooking, you know, more when my wife could. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I'm cooking, the alarm will go off and that's no big yeah. deal. But right. this is like middle of the night. Um, it stopped all of a sudden. But like we went into the bathroom and it was like still smoky. And so I called 911 and they were, I was like, you know, talk to fire. And I called the fire guy and they were like, you should get everyone out immediately. <laughs> and I was like, so like pull the fire alarm and they were like yeah and i was so like, like all right so there wasn't to be clear there was no discernible source of fire in your apartment yeah there was no like fire but i called the fire department and they were like describe it to us and i was like it's white and it's <laughs> hazy and it's i don't think there's the a fire, fire department the fire department is a fire hey there's a fire yeah could you just describe it to us so that we make sure that you know what a fire is it's like no, it's like I know, a, but I was telling about. I was, but it was like it was like I don't see flames. It's hot and there's it's no here. No flames. There's That's no true. flames. But I was like, there's smoke, and where yeah. there's smoke, there's, uh, there's fire. And so I was like, yeah. I was like, look, there, like there, there's there's smoke in our apartment. It looks yeah. it looks hazy. It's not like black billowing smoke. You know, right? It's right. like, and it's there's there's no discernible source of fire. It doesn't smell like a fire. It it was. It, it looks like a scene out of Blade Runner 2049 right now. In Never saw the film. Never read the book. You should, we should no. watch it sometime. Ryan Gosling is electric, and I'm literally him every single scene. <laughs> okay. I'm excited to watch it with you. Yeah. But anyway, so I call them, and they're like, you should get everyone out. And so I pull the alarm, right? And so mm -hmm. that was uh, that was crazy. So By your whole way, building evacuated. At at two o'clock in the morning, everyone. So back. is it one of those where you like came out and you're like, man, who pulled the fire? Alarm? Like, who did that? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <crazy>. Because <laughs> okay, in our old apartment, there was a kid who was like on the spectrum who lived in the apartment building with us. And one time, he pulled the alarm because he thought he smelled smoke. And as everyone walked out, he was standing in front of them, like, "Hey, sorry guys, I pulled the alarm. I thought I smelled smoke." I was like, "Hey, Brandon, don't tell anybody. Just don't talk about it. You're good. Everyone, you don't have to tell us that you pulled it." uh we'll just be like what happened <laughs> but anyway i'm standing there with my wife and my son i'm like oh crazy a fire alarm got wild what like, the heck and they're like and they're like who lives in apartment i was like two they're like who lives in apartment two and me and my wife were like <laughs> Dang. and uh i had to go up and like talk to them and tell them what happened but instead of being like instead of being like oh why'd you wake us up from everyone's like coming up to me and like asking me like hey what happened and describe me like oh yeah thanks so much like you did the right thing really appreciate uh, it like good. yeah like you and guys, then you like, guys all started a bible study and you were holding hands you're singing on the lawn of the apartment and they, told it. they 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 went over the building they went over the building twice it went over our apartment three times the apartment next door the apartment next door and our, our, our next door neighbors it's a young couple Mm -hmm. And I was like, you guys didn't like lock your door, did you? And they were like, no. And I was like, because like they brought an axe upstairs with them. <laughs> so like, the I don't know if you're going to have a door after this. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, they didn't get axed. But yeah, they went over everybody. They went over everything and they didn't find anything. And I asked like the, the head, the head fire guy. Yeah. I was like. So what what could it have been? Like, could it have been the humidifier? And he was like, definitely not. He was like, we saw that we saw the haze when we pulled up. Like, it was definitely not too much water vapor in the air. Like, that would not have caused haze to last that long. It right. was, probably was an electrical fire that started and it dissipated. And like something electric, something electronic burst. It short circuited or something, and it. But they couldn't find smoke. it. That's crazy that they just couldn't locate the source of it, which now means that it. What if it happens again? I know. I was like, so I did not sleep well for the rest of the evening. I was like, Dang. what? Something worse happened. That yeah, but sticks. it was crazy. I got to pull a fire alarm. It was fun. That's so fun. You're kind of like a. This is like a local hero. 
in a way. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You I'm saved little, the lives. I, you know of what? Dozens. Now that you mention it, I'm kind <laughs> of a hero. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to contact Fox Fox News, <laughs> Melbourne, Fox 35, Fox 35, and say, "Hey, listen here, I forget all that. Big enough market forget all that other crap you're commenting on about about Miami Dade County about the election. I don't care about that." I care I about care. the real news. This man saves lives while having a yeah. podcast and a son, and he deserves <laughs> he deserves yeah. credit. They Put him on your. Should have given me a little badge that said "Junior Firefighter." Dude, a little Could badge would be so hard. If I had yes. had a little badge, dude. The, the, oh my gosh! Forget all of the things we talked about earlier this week. We got to get ourselves badges, bro. Yeah. Junior firefighter badges? Dude, junior, junior sheriff deputy badges? How many how many services can we collect badges from? How many yeah, how many how many juniors can you be? Like can you be a junior pilot and a junior firefighter? Should we issue Just junior podcasting badges as a Patreon <laughs> reward? <laughs> That'd be so funny, man. Dude, yeah. all it takes listen, all it takes for like thank you gifts. It does not take a lot to make a human being feel special. No. I I was handed I was handed a vacuum sealed insulated mug, not one of the Ooh. expensive ones, like one of the cheap ones today. And I felt I was on top of the world. I wow. was meeting with I don't it wasn't a cheap one. I'm sure it was expensive. I'm sorry. It was like it was a nice one, but it wasn't like it wasn't like it a yeti. Nice. I'm not saying it was a yeti, right? Nice. I'm saying it was like the it's the Star Wars one that you have. You know what I mean? Those cups. The Tervis? Yes, that's exactly the brand. Wow. Not a you bad a brand, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad brand. No, it's not a bad brand. Not it bad wasn't brand. like it wasn't like a $50. It's not the it's not the most expensive there. brand by a long shot, but it's a nice brand. But, but it's a it's a it's a it's a nice brand. Girls yeah. aren't going to be lining up outside of Target at 4 a.m. to get one. But I was meeting with the development director at my um at Ascension. My I mm -hmm. used to go there for elementary school. And I posted a Twitter thread last night about how Ascension like did my family dirty when I went. Oh, there. and they gave you a mug to make up for no, it. No, 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 no. This is the, <laughs> everyone who everyone who that applied to is long gone. Like, it, okay. And I was meeting with the uh, I was meeting with the um, I was I, I posted a thread about how like we kind of like my brother was bullied. He got expelled because he retaliated, and the person who retaliates always gets in trouble. And so yes. my family kind of got ostracized from the school. We lost a lot of friends, like a lot of people. Mm. I was like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. It was because we just didn't hang out with them anymore because their parents, like, we got kind of yeah. ostracized from the school. We never felt like we fit in anymore after that. Yeah. And I never really considered myself like an alumnus of Ascension because right. we left so abruptly. But today, like the, the development director was like, oh, you're an alumnus. Mm. Like, Here, take this alumni mug. And I was like, yeah. I I am. Yeah, I, I like felt I, I like felt honored. I felt honored. Yeah. Look yeah, at you. you know? I know it was like it was a really good feeling, and so I was like, next time I do my like my little drop offs with my uh, with my mm -hmm. magazine, I'm just gonna buy like a case of you know candy bars and just hand a magazine and a and a candy bar. It's like, hey, Merry Christmas, like Happy New Year, you know? Like here's a little here's a little gift, and those little things like they 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 make people feel really nice. And it doesn't take mm -hmm. much, you know. So what you I'm saying who's... is, we should order. We should spend hundreds of dollars on junior oh. podcaster badges and send them to our patrons that's the what that's a, the, the moral of the what story. a heart what a heartwarming story that results in us having to spend <laughs> hundreds of dollars on custom on custom on, 3d printed on badges. custom 3d printed podcasting badges <laughs> we gotta do it we gotta do it man we're so we're so good at business that's what so people don't, people dude, don't understand about us so is that we have business. we have such tight business acumen that nobody can compete with us. You're so good. I am so good at lighting that I put the key light I put the key light directly in front of my mic so it casts a shadow on my face. Look I was going to say you're looking awesome? a little bright. You're looking a little Oh, you think so? Yeah, you, you so? just Yeah, boom. Boom. <laughs> boom. Oh, bringing down the Oh, oh, we're bringing Not that. Not I that look like a, a little brighter. Right there. There you go. Okay, quit. <laughs> That's ludicrous. I don't know how to how smile. I could how I could survive with you. Um, <laughs> it's tough. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had a fire. I hope everything uh, stays safe. Um, if it were me, I would set another fire on accident, <laughs> and then 
and then but to but pull the alarm right yeah of course and get everybody out of there and then this time set up like an oil spill or something so that the fire truck kind of spins around on the road multiple times <laughs> but nobody gets hurt and then the building Leo. burns down building burns down you get a nice check from the apartment company and you get uh you move to a, a house a cool house and we That's start a content point. house you and me this is never yeah oh yeah the in miami in miami see si, si, it was it was the it, leo was like leo was like at first like why are you guys waking me up and then the fire trucks came he's like dude thanks i, dude, I was amazing so this is the greatest day this of my life the, thank you so much for waking me up for this like big truck guys in fun outfits this is so it's going up so high on the little ladder <laughs> They like moved the ladder into position and started going up on the building. And I was like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that when there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> right. My next door neighbor is a firefighter. And so we got a little thing in the mail because we live in like a township that's like not a big suburb. So like my actual municipality yeah. that I live in, it's a very small city government, you know, so they don't have and a real a fire. fire. There's not a fire. department. They have a volunteer fire department. And we got a little, like a bill in the mail that was like, pay $25 for the fire department. Or if you need it services and you don't pay the $25, then we'll charge you $450. Huh. And, Good way to do it. and I said, why would I pay for a fire fighting service when I live next to a fire? Like I can just go next door and just say, <laughs> hey, hey, there's a fire. I got a, I got it. Could you just can you like. Can you just hand him the garden hose? Like, could you just extra, like you just handle this? Yeah. And then put. I have a little. I have a spare hat. You know, like a little plastic. I just pop that on his head. Can you just got you in uniform? <laughs> get over there. Get after it. <laughs> you gotta take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a we, good guy. We decided to stand right in front of the fire hydrant, which was a funny choice. Yeah. They were like, "Hey, oh. excuse me." And I was like, "Oh, oh, that's <laughs> this is like the one time that we need this that this thing." thing. <laughs> yeah. I was always wondering what they were going to do with that. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Anyway, well, that's a great story. I think speaking of big fires. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Oh yeah, uh, the nuclear war the, and cancel the, for Leibowitz. Well, I, the nuclear the nuclear fire and a cancel for Leibowitz is not one to be trifled with. And I would like to speak about this novel. This book is um, is great if you've never read it. A I have. I wanted Leibowitz. to ask you because I've heard about it multiple times. Yeah. Like what do you want to know? It is a classic. It was written in What's the fifties. Plot. The basic plot of the novel is, and I've only in my rereading, I've only read parts one and two recently, but I've read the whole book a couple of years ago. But essentially, the it, it drops you in in media res, like 600 years into the future. So it's like the year 25, something, 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 right? And everything's been decimated. And it follows the story of this small order of monks that are dedicated to all the monk things, fasting, prayer, all this stuff, but also to the preservation of what they call memorabilia, which is mm. any fragment of writing that they can find from before the nuclear Holocaust. Because what happened is, is similar to like a Kurt Vonnegut story, but like what happened is, is that all the, the nuclear 
war broke out, the whole world was decimated. And then the survivors rose up against all of like the knowledge class and killed huh. every, like every scientist, every doctor, every librarian, everybody who had anything to do with the creation of the bombs, they were killed. And all of the, oh, all the libraries were burned down. All the books were burned. Everything was destroyed because so the people were, so it would never happen again. Right. Which obviously sent the world cratering into the, into the, the dark ages. And so, um, so there's this Catholic order of monks that exists to preserve the knowledge, which is very cool. So we're 600 years into this project and, um, and the whole first act is about this one brother who finds, um, and Leibowitz is like the guy who, uh, started it. Right. So like he was a scientist and he organized people to come together and like preserve it. He was one of the guys that invented the bomb, but he repented. He became a monk, all these things. So he finds some of Leibowitz's writings. It's like a schematic for some diagram for like a electronic component that went in the nuclear delivery system or something. And so it kicks off this whole new wave of discovery on accident. And then you fast forward another 600 years to the next part of the book. And this is like the beginning of the, um, the Renaissance age. So they're kind of, they're, they've, they've rediscovered like gunpowder and they've rediscovered some other types of technologies. And there's more uh, governments that are more, uh, positioned and strong so strengthened they're like, they're like reliving the it's, last it's like a, 20 centuries right. but after yes, a it's nuclear a, it's a cyclical history and then so you go through this whole middle part of the book which is what we're going to talk about today and it's all about kind of these galileo-esque figures that are rediscovering the huge these huge tenets of physics and optics and electromagnetism and all these different comp hmm. like theories that would then allow you to build things like light bulbs and cars and etc and nuclear um, bombs and nuclear bombs. Right. Which is obviously a big worry. And then the last part is you go another thousand years into the future or whatever. I don't know how far it is, but they've rediscovered nuclear weapons. They've rediscovered spaceships. Um, and uh, it follows this priest who ends up becoming a bishop, I think. And uh, he gets put on the last spaceship that that flies away from Earth as the nuclear Holocaust happens all over again on earth, but there's mm -hmm. humanity left on the spaceship and they go up to colonize the stars. So it's a great story follows the same like Abby throughout the whole book. So it's like, you're following the same lineage of monks uh, throughout the whole, and there's some kind of fantastical elements that happen. So there's this one guy named Benjamin who is a Jew and he's, they lead you to believe that he's like that. I didn't mean to say it like that. You could have said it like you could have said it more normal. How do you want me to say the word Jew? It's a, it's oh, a tough not word. Like that. <laughs> How would you say it? Jew. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Say it like Jew, you know? Jew. Oh, gosh. No, not like that. <laughs> so he's an Israelite and he. Um... <laughs> he's a he's a he's a child of the promise. We'll and it's it's it leads you to believe that he's the only one left and because that he's the only one left it also kind of leads you to believe that he has some type of supernatural life so he's oh. he exists in the first part of the book he exists in the second part of the book and he exists in the third part of the book so he's kind of this through line of like this guy and he's always looking for the messiah so when this big scientist comes to the abbey in the second part of the book he like wants to meet him because he wants to know if he's the messiah this is a very interesting kind of other and there's mutants and, and other stuff like weird things that happen in the background that are kind of uh fantastic but i wanted to talk about the second part of the book because i think it's really interesting and i knew it was interesting when i first read it but i did not get it when i was a when i first read this book because i was like 22 or 21 I didn't really understand what I was reading. Um, but the second part of the book I think I, like, is kind remember of remember you telling me about this book. Probably when it's we were 20. <laughs> you should read it. We're on the cusp of a new technological leap. And there's this guy named Thon Tadio. I don't know how to say his name, but Thon is like an honorary title. So he's a, they call him the Thon. Um, and he's what? Am I saying it like Jew? Uh, no, again? it's just kind of a funny. No, 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 no. That's just kind of a funny word. <laughs> yeah. So the Thon is like a scientist philosopher, right? And he's genius, oh, really? mega genius. He's he's doing all kinds of discoveries, and and he's even the brothers in the monastery know about his works because he's so renowned uh, for all the different things that he's doing. And so he comes to the monastery because they have centuries and centuries and centuries of 
documents and he wants to study the documents, make whatever discoveries he can. And this guy is kind of the paragon of sort of the progressive um, naturalist, maybe, or materialist, maybe is a better word. Sure, he doesn't like progress for the sake of progress. Right. Like he doesn't really sort of believe he claims to be a philosopher, but the only philosophy he seems to believe in is just that of of progress. Um and he's but he's but the other thing that's interesting and, and really tempting about this type of guy is that he's optimistic, which is really contagious, right? So he has yeah. this crazy optimism about what all of these rediscoveries will lead to. So he kind of has a um an energy about him that draws even the monks to him. Like he's not a Christian. He's not, I mean, he, on paper, he's a Christian because he belongs to a Christian emperor or whatever, but he's not a Christian. He's doing it all for kind of his own vain glory and for his own pride. But they, these brothers get sucked into his sort of discoveries um, because they too are very hopeful. Like even one of the brothers builds his own electrical generator in the Abbey and, and builds a light bulb. But just based off of theory and the thought is like, how on earth did you do this? Um, and so they're, they're just as involved. But the thing that he does that I think is really relevant today and even more relevant in the fifties and sixties when it was written is the Thon conflates progress or discovery with truth. So like this idea that if I discover something, if I discover some tenet of physics, if I discover some application of optics, then that, in and of itself is truth. And that alone is a worthy pursuit. And mm. you can understand how in the late fifties and the sixties, how this would, this would be a very popular sentiment, right? Cause we're, cause we're the space yeah. race and the arms race and we're, and technology is, is doubling like every year, you know, you're getting phones and TVs and refrigerator. It's like, it feels like a bunch of crazy stuff is happening. Um, and I think, we still have that, but it's different now because now it's less, it still is kind of about technological progress, but even more so it's like the social progress, which I don't think is as, um, yeah. And I, I as think predicted I think in the are, novel as the tech is, I think people are less techno optimists now than they were right. back in the fifties. Like, right. I think back in the fifties, people were still, you know, like, yeah, we invented cars and nothing bad happened. Uh-huh. So let's yeah. do the Jetsons. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, let's Yeah, th- this is going to great, cool. Now now I can watch television with all of my neighbors instead mm-hmm. of sitting around the fire. You know, right. like th- my life is going to stay basically the same but be a little quicker mm-hmm. instead of the reality of like the technology changes the environment, which is what ended up happening. And no, I think, I think you're, I think you're right on the money is that the way that the people in the 1950s felt about technology, people today think about social progress. Yeah. That's super true. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's like people, the way people talk about certain ideas and certain lifestyles is like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's inevitable that this is going to be the norm. We just have to push for it. And once we finally, I don't know, like discover a way to incorporate this into our society, we have mm-hmm. we have accomplished truth, you know. Yes. And I think the interesting thing about this character <clears throat> is that he believes deeply in the nobility of man, and that's that's kind of a driving force behind his pursuit. Is he sees you can see, imagine seeing all around you the faintest hint of a great civilization, you know, like stones Mm. with metal inside of them that were presumably at the base of very, very tall buildings, but like you only have the bottom foot covered in dirt, you know, and you're just like, yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, and then your just imagination would run and you find different things over the years and you find these, like you find a nuclear bunker, right? It's a metal room with a sealed door and there's, you know, there's people like skeletons inside of it. And you're like, okay, how did they, they built a metal room. They had enough metal to build a room and we barely have enough metal to, you know, construct a, a our horseshoes, you know? So like, so you find, they find these things and they're trying to piece it all together, but he's driven by this nobility, which 
the hard thing for me with the social progress is that it feels like this is where I think his character differs from the, the people that pursue it today is that there's no, there's no sense of the nobility of man. There's no like, oh, you don't think hot, so. No, not in, I see where you're going, but I think not in the way that, um, mm. that they think. So like they are, it's, it's, you are perfect the way that you are, right? Like that's the, that's the nobility that the, the social progress people believe in. It's like the more you that you are and the more that what you believe and what you feel can be made into reality, the better your life will be and the better all of our lives yeah. will be, which is, is tempting, but it's different than aspirationally saying we can build something great. We can like build something together. You know, because yeah. it's because building a great building or building a, a a ship or building a light bulb is a different task than, you know, changing the nature of your sexual relationships. Yeah, the or like changing polyamory. Nor, right, normalizing the 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 laws and the cultural significance of what yeah. you do with your genitalia. Like those are just two totally different. Yeah, I think that's things, fair. Yeah, you know? it, the attitude is less like we can build something great together. We can cooperate. And it's more like yeah. we will beat everyone into submission until yeah. they agree that I can do what I want or that right. they can do what they want. Right. I don't actually know if it's, I don't actually, I, I've started changing my, my tune when it comes oh, to a bit of a tune changer, a bit of a tune change to what t people, cause I've noticed something is that, you know, how like the only people who are really, fighting for the latinx thing or like white women latinx yeah have you noticed that like my 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 mexican mother-in-law does not care about the latinx thing you know no no she doesn't like they she does not care and 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 my you know my 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 wife's extended family is like somewhat offended by it it's like we already have no. we could just say latin you know like we don't need we don't need mm -hmm. this i think it's, it's mm -hmm. very much like it's very much like uh we can liberate the individual for them because they don't realize people don't realize how mm, yeah people don't realize how constrained they are by the social moors and mm -hmm. by by the fake construction of gender or marriage yeah. or morality and yes. if we can just if we can just destroy the vestiges mm -hmm. so it's less of like rediscovering vestiges and rebuilding them and it's more like oh let's find the dirt the dirt covered stone with metal in it and let's get rid of it completely so yeah. that the world can go, can, can just kind of do whatever it was supposed to do without human intervention. It's like, it's a divorcing of, of nature from society as if society is mm -hmm. somehow opposing nature. Does that make sense? That's kind of what, does. I don't know if it's like, I want to, I want to put my genitals places. And it's more like, I want people to put their genitals places, you know? It's, right. Well, I think this yeah. goes into the into my next point because there's an image that's really striking. There's a conversation between the Thon and the the abbot. His name is okay. Dom Paolo. And Dom Paolo. Uh, yes. And, and he's the abbot, an old what's he like? the abbot, he's kind of an old, somewhat gruff, but like deep down, he's just like an old guy who's trying to manage forces that are bigger and more powerful than him. So he's is... kind of like this besieged um, like he feels the forces of the world turning and like he feels powerless, but he just tries to trust in Christ and like lead the monks the best he can because they're constantly like being monks and they're trying to get out of their responsibilities. They're arguing with each other. And so he has to just constantly be like, make nice, Stop. you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but he's a good character. He's, he's like a good and holy man. Mm -hmm. That's so, how I feel whenever my friends fight. Yeah. I'm like, Stop it. Stop it. Yes, you can't develop grudges. We all live in this place and all of our children live here and they're all going to grow <laughs> up together. And we, we're going to, for the next 50 years, we're, we're all going to go to the same church together. So you guys right. better calm down. I do not have time to walk to the other side of the church when you walk in. <laughs> I want to sit right here in the middle. Um, right here. We are going to be friends. But you know, I, I was going to ask, is he based Dom Paolo? Um, do we like him? He good? We, he do, we do like him. we do like him we do we do like him yeah. character Got it. he yes he is a lot of it is told from his point of view cool all I think, right i'm on his side in I fact agree with him. most of it i think is told from his point of view so he's he has a conversation with the thon and the thon is is kind of defending sort of his approach and he points to um 
out on the street, like they're in the village or something. Or maybe he he was telling a story of someone he saw, but the thon points out a guy with leprosy. And I don't think this was mm -hmm. an accident by the author. He points out to the guy with leprosy and he says to the to the abbot, I mean, look at this guy. Like he can't read. He's gonna die in a few years. He was born scavenging for everything that he could have. And there's no health, there's no medicine. We have no way to treat him. But they used to have a way to treat him, you know. Mm -hmm. And and when I see him, I see a failed descendant of what was what was once a great civilization. So like he sees this sick man and he's thinking, what a shame, because yeah. we used to be so great. And here's a guy that is that's dying and sick and shuffling around and not doing anything of of importance, basically. And he turns to the abbot. He says, what do you see when you look at him? He says, I see Christ, which is just such a baller line. It's so good. That's crazy. I know. I know. This, it's electric. This is, a, this is just a book that was written in the 50s. That's just. Yes. Yes. Well, it's unfortunate. Is the guy Catholic? He, he apostatized later in life, which is super Bummer. sad. I know. But he was Catholic when he wrote this. Um, so the ab So this is like one of the great differences is. Um, the progressives, whether they're technological progressives or they're social progressives, they just see what could be and they don't see what is. And what is yeah. is always Christ and truth and his presence and all of these things. Um, and so th this is like the corollary with the kind of sort of what we were talking about before, but like the Retavern people. Yeah. So. I also see, which is a meme for return, by the way. For yeah, those of you so who there's, are not there's a, online, right, right? There's a lot of people that are traditionalists that post, the, and you've probably heard of these guys, or you've met someone like this that says, "We got to go back to traditional values." That's basically what they say. They want to go back to a time where the mom stays home, and you have lots of kids, and the man works, and the the wife is perfectly obedient to the husband, and the kids are perfectly obedient to the father, and everybody prays and they sing hymns. And they don't watch TV, and they smoke, and they they camp. They do all this barbecues stuff. outside. They do barbecues they outside, white and everyone's and white. And like that's ironically, kind of their... it's a lot like the '50s, where all these technological developments happen, and it got us into right. this mess in the first when, place. This yeah. is my problem with conservatives yeah, and traditionalists me. in general: is you you accept the premise of mm -hmm. liberalism, you just mm -hmm. want to do liberalism a couple of days ago. Yes. That's it. That's what you're yes. conserving. And inevitably, right. you are going to devolve into liberalism. You're mm -hmm. just, you're just, you're accepting the framework, but you're picking the losing team on purpose. Yeah, it's silly. Sorry. That's no, you're exactly right because it's the, <laughs> it's these guys that are saying, "Well, we have to go back because what we used to have was so much greater." Is exactly they found what this the rebar in the in right. The exactly right like yeah. they see the the remainders of this great civilization and the, and when they see that they they think wow what could have been and this is how you get incels this is how you get guys that are angry at women that hate the whole dating scene that don't know how to date because all they can see is this image that they've created in their mind of what could have been had they lived 40 years ago or 50 years yeah. ago or 80 years ago this is not ago. new Augustus this is not new about this. right yeah St. Augustine in, in City of God talks about how people are like, yeah, you all say that you wish you had lived a hundred years ago, but you don't. You don't know what it was mm -hmm. like. You don't yes. want that. You're, yes. you're just, you, you want all the good things of the past, but none of the bad things. Right. And you don't understand this that hundred years from now, people are going to look back at here and be like, wow, I wish mm -hmm. I lived back there. But this is also the, the problem with the Thon, is that he he sees these things and he thinks even even worse than saying, wow, I wish we were back there. He thinks... I can make it so that we can get back there. Like he's, he's yeah, in his pride. Yeah. He's saying, I can make the discoveries. I can do the science. I can figure it out and I will get us back there. So that's like his problem uh, as a character. Um, and it, it results in this kind of interaction with the church um, where he says pretty much straight up to the abbot uh, that him and his colleagues in the world generally all, all they're like to get to that goal, they're going to soak up anything the church has to offer, take its place, and then leave it by the side of the road. Like that's it, which is great because this was written before Vatican II. 
So this was like, <laughs> this was written at a time when like that Man called the shot <laughs> when like, this was not even something like maybe if you were smart and you were a church watcher, you could have predicted that happening. But I don't think anybody in 1959 or whenever this was written could have predicted that that exact thing would occur given Catholicism's cultural dominance um, in many parts of the United States in the fifties, you know? And so it, it wasn't dumb. It was about to dominate. It was like the, a lot of his, a lot of American historians, uh, they, well, maybe that, I don't know because Kennedy died in 63, right? Right. So yeah, it was the ascendance of John Kennedy is kind of marked as like American Catholicism's cultural apex. It's the high water mark, yeah. Yeah, was was Kennedy's election to the presidency. So maybe yeah, maybe, maybe that yeah, that is but that, this, then, but you yeah, also that have is like, crazy thing. Right, you got Fulton Sheen on the TV, you got Catholic schools up and running everywhere. You have Catholic universities that are huh. Notre That's Notre fair. Dame's playing football, you know, the immigrants are like not poor anymore. And we so there's start the fire. Yeah. Right. So there's all these different things that are going Billy on. Billy Joel is around. Billy Not Joel's really. he's living. Um, he's... But but yeah, that, no, that's fair. That prophecy came true. Even even if he couldn't have predicted sort of the globalized world that we live in today. But now it's I mean, we've talked about this before, but the UN is basically like the anti-church. It's this global yeah. institution that's responsible for works of charity and uh and peace between nations and and peace between nations and they it's and military it's, action in the in the holy land right which should be our job <laughs> think about it <laughs> that's been traditionally i'm just saying if you go back a thousand years that's kind of been our domain of, yeah. of what we would do and um, you're worse at it because you're letting all the churches get bombed you're supposed to let the churches not get bombed right you're not supposed to get bombed um, but we've seen this exact thing play out that the the world has functionally replaced the church and there's not really they've they've taken all the good that they can from it they've sucked it dry and they said okay we can leave you here you're good for kind of social cohesion and uh, if people want to believe what they want to believe that's great stick around we'll use you when we need you but until then we've got this you know like thanks yeah, for that's... thanks for getting us here but we're good <laughs> So long and thanks for all the fish. The yeah, the, uh, Hansers von Balthasar predicted this. Who? Hansers von Bulbasaur. Mm-hmm. One of my best tweets. My Brandon, favorite. Did you Captain Vatican? Captain Vatican guy made that into a, a sticker. Did he really? My 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 Hansers von Bulbasaur tweet. It was great. Damn. I was so honored. That's awesome. That's the kind of transformative content we like to see. None of this. None of this Catholic memes stealing our memes and reposting them. Are they doing none of that? that? They did. They've done it twice. I, I watermarked one, so it was fine. Oh. But they did it recently, and I forgot to watermark it. Yeah, Dang. I'm fine if we watermark it. If we watermark it, that's fine. Like Catholic I'm cool memes. with that. But no one, no one ever, no one ever checks the people that are listed on no. watermarks. Doesn't really no, matter. No, no, right no. Now. They don't look. They don't look. It'd be cool if we could tag. Anyway, it doesn't matter. As Hansers von as Hansers von Balbasor said, it was. Uh, he wrote a little play about the revolutionary and the churchman. And it was a it was a satire of uh, Karl Rahner, and Karl Rahner was like, the the Karl Rahner character is like, no, you don't understand. Like he's talking to the revolutionary, uh, the secular the secular humanist. Like you don't understand. Like the Catholic Church was the first revolutionary, liberty, equality, fraternity. We uh, we were the champions originally of mm. this, and the revolution is just is just in the spirit of Catholicism. And he goes, great. So we don't need you then because we figured it out <laughs> on our own. So if that's all you are, then we don't need you. Yep. So bye. And See it's ya. like, yeah, if that's all that the church is. And and it's crazy because left and right do this. I like that I like that the thon is both liberal and conservative liberalism. Because yes. he's yes. he is you know, he's he's kind of so kind smart. of indicative. What? I just love that you get my points. And I don't have to oh, yeah, yeah. To you. <laughs> you understand. That like the it. whole point, yeah, that he's both conservative and liberal. He's both, that was the he's whole both thing. In, he's together, both. Yeah. and it's it's yeah, it's progress for the sake of progress, and also a of re- return, which is great because you could only do that in a world where everything's been destroyed and you're trying to bring it yes. back. Like yes. that's such a yes. it's such a genius thing that he did. But it's yeah. like 
but you at first you're sure you're thinking like oh this is a dialogue between liberal and conservative but it's like no it's a dialogue between the church and liberalism and because mm-hmm. it's the progressives they will take the church right up to they'll they'll yell and they'll say this is not what christ stood for he i i hate all your beliefs and everything you stand for but i'm going to tell you what christ taught and that you're not following it that i know what, what christ did and then conservatives will do the same thing and they'll say you know uh catholicism is based it it traditional families all this stuff right up to the point where it's time to sell a calendar and then yeah. they'll just make pornography you know it's silly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or right up until it's time for the gay a podcast host to have kids and they don't care what the church teaches about. They don't right. care what Christianity teaches about surrogacy. Right. Yes. Like that it's it's they'll leave it to the side because they're in essence still liberal. Yes. And and this is the last point, and I'll conclude us here. The Thank final you. dialogue. Right. Things things have gotten very icy between the Thon and the and the Abbot. Uh, because military forces are marshalling the guards that brought the thon, they're they're taking schematic notes of the fortifications oh, wow. at the abbey because they're going to use it as a garrison for the for the upcoming you know military conflict. <laughs> and so they're so the abbot's like, get get out of here! Like this is not a military base. This is a you're here because we let you. And uh, what's now going on? Like why now you're drawing sketches of our walls, and that's not cool. And um, so they're in this final discussion. The the abbot is asking him, okay. So you're going to make all these discoveries. You're going to take all this knowledge back with you and you're going to progress with your with your comrades and your your fellow scholars. Who's going to make sure that we don't do this again? Who's going to make sure that we don't how how are you going to control the usage of the technology that you create? How are you going to ensure that we don't go back to another nuclear fire? And the thon kind of dodges the question and he says, "So what? You would just have us progress alone in the desert and not share it with anybody like you until humanity is perfect and they can receive all the technology that we've made without using it to destroy that's not feasible at all um and and the abbot's like no that's not what i mean like you just need to have virtue you need to be men of faith like you need to be all these things and the thon just doesn't understand this concept like he doesn't understand putting a governor on on anything and he in kind of his final disdainful remark, he looks at the abbot. He says, what would you have me do work for the church? And then he walks out <laughs> because the idea that you would, I love this book. I need to read this book. It's so why have good. I not read this book? I oh don't know God. why you haven't read it, but it's, it's this idea that like, I even thinking about not using something to its full capacity or even considering, um, limiting yourself or not, uh, you know, having discipline um, is such a foreign concept to this guy because all he sees is his own pride and his own ability to move things forward um, for this allegedly noble purpose for allegedly sure. bringing yeah. about the greatness of civilization, but really because he just wants to be the guy that, that discovers it uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he wants it to be because of his own, intelligence yeah. and because of his own smarts um and and the worst thing that he can think of is is doing doing the exact same work but for a higher purpose yeah but yeah. for god it's like the, yeah. that like he says it as like it's it's so disgusting like he couldn't even dream of it um and again we see that today like you think about the way that people choose their lives the way that they choose their careers the way that they spend their time i'm not going to give any of my time treasure talent to the church what do you mean why would i yeah you're here to serve me not the other way around i'm going to come to mass i'm going to extract what i need to extract Mm. and i'm going to go about my day why would i why you want me to work for you no thank you no sir yeah Uh, that's so good i gotta read this but the only i think the only reason why i haven't read this book is i get it confused with the big lebowski i keep it's not they're not the same a canticle for lebowski Yes. Um, well, that's that's all the time. Opinion. That's all the time we have. Um, there, yeah. There's a lot more to this book, especially this section. It's it's very rich, um, and there's lots of great little cyclical connections and things that happen. I didn't even talk about the poet. There's a whole there's a whole poet that's in here, and he's we didn't really talk too much about him. That's okay. Um, and the third part of the book is great too. 
there's some great stuff about like um euthanasia right in the oh, third cool. part of the book so like, prescient yeah honestly so that's that's very We're killing um, people now for no reason it's crazy it's very relevant it's like this priest tries to convince this woman not to have an abortion all this stuff so it's like a really cool section that is is more relevant to like the social stuff of our of our time yeah um so i'm excited to read that that's maybe i'll do lot. another podcast on it we'll see but uh, let us know what you think have you guys read the book Tell us in the Discord. We have a Discord channel where every week we discuss the episodes. It's bit.ly slash crunch discord. And uh, let us know. Have you read the book? Did you like it? Did you think the same things about it that I did? Do you disagree with us? And also tell us what you think about it now. Okay. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Subscribe now, man. Uh, And if you think this is a good podcast and you like it and it's worth uh, money, then, because uh, I mean, I'm spending, I'm spending billable hours reading this book dude. and taking notes. You know, yeah, dude, we gotta like, we gotta, dude. You know how expensive it is to buy junior sheriff's badges for a hundred people? Pretty expensive. Pretty expensive. So if you think this podcast is worth a cup of coffee, consider donating at the ten dollar month level, and in exchange, we will give you another free episode. Well, it's not free, but another episode <laughs> every week on Friday that's releases for our patrons, and we'll give you a little badge in the Discord. And you get a secret chat in the Discord. You get a lot for your ten dollars. The Discord yes. is great. You should join. Thank you. Bit.ly/discord. You're welcome. This is a great episode, Patrick. Do you have anything else for the people? I did too many calls to action. We gotta write. Like we gotta give you guys a to-do list. All right, to-do list on by Monday. But can you get this to me by EOD? Like, yeah. subscribe, comment mm-hmm. below. Yep. Bit.ly/discord. Patreon.com slash the crunch in that order. Thank you. Yep. Great. Sounds good. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye everyone. Thanks so much for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.